there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From Gimlet, this is Reply All, a show about the internet. And I'm PJ Vogt. Errol Morris makes movies, but before he made movies, he was a private eye. And he still got the obsessiveness of a good detective. Which means that when he writes something online, he breaks one of the most bedrock rules of using the internet. Do you always read all of the comments on your pieces? I try to read a lot of them. I can't guarantee I read all of them. Sometimes there's a lot of comments. But usually I read them for negative stuff. Who wants to read positive stuff? A few years ago, Errol published an essay about a professor he'd once had who threw an ashtray at his head. It was 21,981 words. Again, Errol's an obsessive. And as an obsessive, once the piece was written, he decided to wade deep into the comments section, where he found something new to obsess over. Comment 82. I can read it to you if you like. Yes, please. I had email today from another middle school student asking about Noel Morris's place in history as a creator of electronic mail. That was the whole comment. But it caught his eye because of that name, Noel Morris. Noel was Errol Morris's older brother. He died 28 years earlier. While he was alive, he never said anything to Errol about inventing email, which seems like the kind of thing you'd mention. It's such a large claim. It's like saying, well, my brother was the first man on the moon. Yeah, sure. Sure he was the first man on the moon. Uh, Sure he invented email. This wasn't actually the first time Errol had heard that your brother invented email, but he never told you about it rumor. There had been whispers about it after Noel's death. But there were a lot of things about his brother that Errol hadn't known or hadn't been aware of. Since they were kids, Errol had admired his brother, but from a distance. I looked up to him. What was he like? Now, the convenient expression, I suppose, is Asperger's, an element of Asperger's a little bit removed. He was always building things, mechanical contraptions, uh, electronic gear of one kind or another. He created this device, which he called Morrismatic Doors, which was a system of ropes and pulleys that he could open and close the door from his bed. Uh, I often felt stupid around him. We had a telescope. I remember him being in the backyard with a friend of his, who later became an astrophysicist, uh, looking at some celestial object. And 
we couldn't get a good view of it, and I suggested moving the telescope across to the other side of the yard, and they started laughing at me because clearly I did not understand the enormous distances involved and how that wasn't really going to help very much of anything. How old were you? Well, he was probably five. <laughs> I don't seems know like anymore. a reasonable thing not to know. Okay, so maybe this isn't a huge surprise, but the precocious kid who grew up in Massachusetts, built elaborate mechanical inventions, and loved telescopes, eventually left home and went to MIT. He studied there, and later he worked there. He had a job programming early computers. Errol went to visit him one summer in Cambridge. Visiting Noel was strange. It was like visiting the future. People did not have computers in their houses or their apartments. That's unheard of. But my brother had a console in his apartment, which was installed so that he could work, essentially, 24 hours a day, and then some. I just remember so well him at the console working. I understood very, very little about it, other than that he was highly respected. People went to him if they couldn't debug a program. My brother was always there. And with an older brother like that, it actually did seem possible that he would have invented email and never bothered to explain it to his family. Fortunately, Common 82 had been signed by a guy named Tom Van Vleck. Hello? Hi, I'm trying to find Tom Van Vleck. Speaking. It's Errol Morris. Well, hello, Errol. How are you? I'm fine. I dimly remember you from years and years and years ago. Tom had actually worked with Noel back at MIT. No, I was just surprised to see that comment in the New York Times. Mm -hmm. It was sort of bait, you know. I was wondering if you would respond. Tom and Noel had been close friends, worked together for years. The two of them often shared one terminal, which meant that one person would be sitting and typing while the other stood over them, yelling corrections. What Errol wanted to find out from his brother's old work partner wasn't just if the two of them had created email, but also who Noel had been. By Errol's account, growing up in the Morris household meant being surrounded by smarts and sadness. The two brothers were raised by their mother, a brilliant musician with a doctorate in French literature who supported their entire family after their father died of a heart attack. My father died in December of 1950. Although I have no memory of him, no memory of that day, Close friends of the family remember me running up and down the stairs in the house, screaming. Uh, My brother was nine years old. His relationship with my father, uh, from what I understand, was a very, very difficult one. I don't know. There's a lot of mysteries about my brother that probably I can never answer. Because he was stuck with these mysteries, Errol tried to come up with theories about who his brother really was. One of the central ones was that Noel was a socially isolated person. Errol held that idea in his head up until Noel's death. Like his father, Noel died from heart attack. And also like his father, he died while he was still pretty young. He was only 40. It was 1983. I knew my brother had friends, but how many friends? I wondered whether anyone would come to the funeral. That day at that chapel, it was packed. 
There were hundreds and upon hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, almost all from MIT. I remember then feeling that, that maybe I just didn't really understand who my brother was or the things that he was able to achieve. How many people had you expected would be there? I don't know, a handful. There could have been close to a thousand people. How do you think they heard? Like, how do you think they wound up there? You know, computers. <laughs> really? Of course. W what do you mean? These people were all connected. <laughs> they were the first people to be connected. After the break, Errol Morris, with help from Tom Van Vleck, goes back into the past and tries to figure out who his brother was. Oh, and also, did he actually help create email? This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% .9 pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back to the show. So after Errol called Tom about Tom's internet comment, the two of them got in a long conversation. And then Errol did what he does best. He got obsessed. He started investigating. He devoured Tom Van Vleck's comprehensive website on computing in the 1960s. He talked to everybody he could find who was working at Tom and Noel's lab and who was still alive. There were actually a lot of people. And he went to MIT, where he was allowed to see the actual paper archives from his brother's old lab. The librarian had me fill out various slips, and they come back with cardboard boxes. I open them up, and there's a hodgepodge of stuff. These documents do not look as though they were created to be preserved. They just happen to be preserved. Some of them are coffee-stained. And so there are all of these outlines of various 
lectures that had been given, formal and informal, uh, their programs, lots and lots of pieces of programs. So here's the story that emerged from Errol's research. In 1965, Tom and Noel worked for Project Mac, which was a computing project at MIT. They were helping to program a new operating system. There was a memo from on high with a bunch of suggestions for features that the new operating system could have. And mail was one of those features. But Tom said that that idea just sat there in the memo. Nobody actually wanted to try to implement it. When Noel and I ran across the memo, we went to people and said, hey, this is great. How come it doesn't work? And they said, oh, we never wrote that. There's no time and nobody knows how to do it anyway because of long technical explanation. Okay. And we said, well, gee, could we write it? Their bosses actually told them not to. They said it was a waste of time. But Tom and Noel did it anyway. Tom says their program was only around 100 lines of code. It was just a way for multiple people who were sharing one terminal to leave messages for each other on that terminal. If Noel pulled an all-nighter and finished programming at 4 o'clock in the morning, he could use their mail program to tell Tom what he'd spent that time doing so Tom could pick up the work. It was like leaving an electronic post-it note. People often ask, what was the first email message that you sent? Of course. And I truly it's like Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah, well, I truly can't remember. I used to send scraps of poetry and stuff like that, and Noel kind of um, would grump at me, saying that it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't computer enough. There is a very robust online debate about when exactly email gets invented. After Noel and Tom did their thing, another MIT alum named Ray Tomlinson figured out how to actually send electronic mail between two separate computers. But what Noel and Tom would say is that what they did was still electronic mail. And what I would add is that they figured out something that their bosses hadn't, which was that people were going to use computers to talk to other people rather than just to crunch numbers. Back in the MIT archives, Errol didn't find a smoking gun. There wasn't, say, a certificate that said, Hey, Noel Morris, nice job indisputably creating electronic email with your friend Tom Van Vleck today. But what Errol did find were actual printouts that his brother had made of computer programs that he'd worked on. I mean, that's an odd kind of feeling. You're sitting there in a room with my brother's handwriting, which I know so very, very, very well. It's just strange. I, I don't know how best to describe it, but... In any kind of investigation, there's a moment where you feel connected with the past, whether it's through a photograph or a document. Um, somehow the past becomes alive. Did your brother invent email? I believe that my brother and Tom Van Vleck sent the first electronic messages uh, through a computer. If that's email, well, yes. <laughs> I didn't investigate the story of my brother in email because I expected that I was going to find out he invented email or that he didn't invent email. I just wanted to go back into the past. Even the people we're closest to are mysteries to us when they're alive. You come up with your theories about who they are, and you base them off the things that they do. But then they just spend their lives doing things that confound everything you think you know about them. And when they die, they get even murkier. Like those sneakers that she always wore. Were they really red, or were they orange? What was that French movie she was always trying to make everybody watch? 
What was the most surprising thing you discovered about him going back like this? Maybe it's a kind of relief. He really was there. It's not all a dream. There is a world out there. People program things. <laughs> My brother program things. He debug programs. And there they are. There they are sitting in a box. But there they are. You know, the feeling of, wow, way to go, Noel. <laughs> Profile is hosted by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. We were produced this week by Chris Neary, Lena Masitsis, and edited by Alex Bloomberg. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our show was mixed by Rick Kwan. Matt Lieber is a blizzard that actually shows up. Special thanks this week to Rachel Marcus, Mooj Zadie, and Lizzie Vote. If you love the show, think about reviewing it on iTunes. It makes a big difference for us. Thank you. We'll see you next Wednesday.